This is Brunch with the Hollowells, and to start us off is a quote from Sean. How shall I do it? Oh, I know. I'll turn him into a flea, a harmless little flea, and then I'll put that flea in a box, and then I'll put that box inside of another box, and then I'll mail that box to myself, and when it arrives, I'll smash it with a hammer. It's brilliant, 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 I tell you. Genius, I say. Or to save on postage, I'll just poison him with this. I don't have any clue who said that, but I love her already. <laughs> it's um, Yzma from Emperor's New Groove. I would have never guessed that. I'm going to mail it to myself and smash it with a hammer. So you had a little bit of doubt with this, is if she's a witch or not. So why do you count her as one? Well, when you read her description, they describe her as a sorceress. And I guess my only question was, she's more of like a potion-y witch. You know, she doesn't do any actual magic herself, but she does it all through her potions. So I think that's why she still counts. Fair enough. I mean, she, no, she made potions to change into different animals and stuff. I mean, she put a spell on, you know, um, Cusco. Cusco. So, yeah, fair enough. Yzma. And you know, I love this movie. I think it's so funny. It is so funny and very underrated. A lot of people still don't talk about it, but mm-hmm. Yzma is everything, played by the late Eartha Kitt. And uh, yeah, no, good pick. I like that one. Thanks, that was pretty good. <laughs> Welcome to Brunch with the Hollowells. This is season two. Woo! So excited. Oh, I'm so glad to be back. Sean, how are you? I'm good, Rob. I'm back too. <laughs> Welcome back, because honestly, um, who am I going to show this show to? <laughs> Nobody else is going to agree to watch this with me. <laughs> but uh, welcome back, Sean. Thank you. And Charmies, welcome back. Glad to have you guys all here. Hopefully we have some newcomers. If you are new to the show, I, Rob, am a huge Charm fan. I'm not an expert. I haven't been to any of the, you know, the Comic-Cons where they join up or anything, but this is one of my favorite shows of all times. I've watched it so many times over and over again. I can barely count. And I just, I just, I just love this show so much. And I love witches. I think witches, especially in movies and TV are just brilliant. I love the mythology and just magic in general. And Sean, who is a huge fan of Buffy (laughs) has never seen charmed. And there is a thing about, Buffy and Charm fans, for some reason, they don't coexist. It's either one or the other. It's like Star Trek and Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> and so Sean mentioned that he has never seen the show, but made a huge mistake and said, oh, I'd watch that sometime. I've always meant to watch it. I, I just know. never got to it. it. It's just funny because immediately I was yep. like, Sean, we need to do a show. We need to do a show. <laughs> so he agreed and we have done one full season I actually got him to like it. Sean likes the show right now. I do. That's good. And, I, you know, it even inspired him to watch the new series, which isn't really doing so well, unfortunately. But it did get a renewal for season two. I saw that. Yes. There's only two other shows that are kind of like, we don't know if it's going to make it, but everything else has been renewed mm-hmm. and including Charm. So hopefully their season two will be a lot better. But uh, we are here to recap every episode one by one and to get Sean 
into the show even more. Or until the poison takes hold in Rob's drink. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of poison, tell everyone what we're drinking today for Sunday brunch. So today for Sunday brunch, we have something very strong and manly. Um, Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> and we opted, we had some trouble with the flavor. Yeah, We yeah. stood there for a good like five minutes and I was like, just get black cherry. And Rob's like, I don't know if I want black cherry. He's like, get black cherry. He's like, is black cherry good? Does it taste like black licorice? I'm like, no, get black cherry. He's like, what about tangerine? It's like, that's good, but get black cherry. <laughs> and then I was like, why has it got to be black? <laughs> You're so stupid. I've never had black cherry before. So what's the verdict? I actually like it. It's delicious, right? It's not delicious. It's delicious, right? <laughs> It's magically delicious. <laughs> no. um, it's okay, but no, I, 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 I like I like it enough to have one or two more. Okay, put it that way. But yeah, very good. Um, so yeah, we're drinking some Mike's Hard, keeping it light. You know, um, I was I was kind of out this weekend doing a lot of other drinking, so I'm taking it easy. Okay, yeah, I thought this would be kind of light to just drink and hang out and and watch the show. Yeah, we're gonna start off season two, but we have a little bit of news. Before we get to our recap, Sean, what's been going on? Um, I joined a club, Rob. I told you this on our other podcast, though, so this is just for the listeners at this point. Okay, fair enough. A Disney Social Club. We're called Fountains of Color. Now, I don't think you told me the name. Okay. Fountain of Color before. It's geared towards gay people. Okay. <laughs> now, so this is a made-up name, then. It's oh, not yeah. something associated with Disneyland. Right. No, these clubs aren't actually put on through Disney. They're just groups of people who do it themselves there's like one called sons of anakin okay um i don't remember any other names at this time <laughs> and this group gravitated to you because of the gay thing or was there anything else that sort of was like i'll pick them well anthony who i'm dating is already part of it okay so i went to disneyland with them one day and the president was there so we hung out with the president and i was asked to join oh very good because i'm a delight do they want money? Is this like Scientology? Are no. you in a cult right now? Is this what's happening? <laughs> well, if I pay enough money, they'll tell me what their beliefs are. So. Okay. <laughs> well, very cool. That's that's good. And then you have an event coming up soon. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Reiki? No. It's a very spiritual, like healing through energy, getting in touch with chakras. Oh, okay. I'm going to be taking courses to get certified in it. Very cool. To, to do it? or Yeah, just... to do it to other people. Oh, I didn't know you had an interest. Yeah. That's awesome. You'll have to keep everyone updated how those are going. It's got a lot of interesting beliefs that I'd never heard of before. Like the idea that you are you can have energy cords to people who are taking different types of energy from you. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Well, for me, I don't really have too much going on. So I'm just going to give you some witchy news. <laughs> uh there are two new shows that I'm sure you may or may not know about. February 1st is when this premiered on Netflix. It's called Sempre Bruja, which in other words means always a witch. It is a time-traveling witch from the 17th century. She escapes her death and finds herself in modern-day, uh, God, Cardinaga? Is that how you say it? Carden Ugh, I can never get these names. I've never heard it said out loud, so I'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> but um, it is a uh, foreign show, so I believe it's subtitled. I can't remember if it's dubbed yet. I haven't checked out the show yet, uh, but I do plan to. I believe it's nine episodes. It's a Colombian witch, which I am so happy to see another person of color witch on TV. 
So I, this is definitely going on my list. Uh, hopefully you guys have checked it out. And if so, we would love to hear your thoughts on how the show is. The other show that has been on air, but on a different channel, it's called The Discovery of Witches. And the show has moved to Shudder. So if any of you subscribe to the horrific uh, channel, that entire series is now for your viewing pleasure on Shudder uh, TV. So uh, I heard that show is great. It's about a vampire and a witch who fall in love with each other and deal with a whole bunch of shit that goes down. It's based on a book series that's been out. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. No? Okay. Well, I heard it was awesome, so... I don't own Shudder, but hopefully I'll have a better access in watching it somehow. So I do want to check it out. But yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's about it with my witchy news. So should we get to it? Let's get to it. Okay. Season two, episode one, Witch Trials. It originally aired September 30th, 1999. Written by Brad Kern, directed by Craig Zisk. And we have a plethora of guest stars. I will not name them all, but Jennifer Rhodes as Penny Hollowell, a.k.a. Grams. Uh, we also have uh, Greg Cromer as Rob and uh, Janet Wood as Mrs. Milton, along with uh, Eric Scott Woods as Jeremy Burns. <laughs> all right. So we start off with Phoebe, who walks into the darkened manor and calls for her sister witches, quote-unquote, only to find that Piper is on the couch in the dark with, said Rob, a lone officer. So she startles them, and then Piper freezes him and scolds Phoebe for speaking out about witches all in the open in the house. Phoebe hadn't known that a man was in the house, so Prue then walks in, and Piper shoes her out before unfreezing Rob. And I love that Rob, or not Rob, but Prue, just decided to just walk back out. She was like, I don't even need to know what's going on. <laughs> I know something witch witchy is going on. So uh, Piper wants to open up a club. And he is the person to give her the loan to open up said club. And so Phoebe's, to her. so Phoebe's like, is this the credit check? <laughs> I love that line. So Rob agrees to meet with Piper at the club uh, she's trying to buy. And Phoebe proposes to go to an Equinox celebration, a powerful day that is also their first anniversary of becoming witches. So then uh, Prue walks in and she's on the phone with work, still busy bee. And then while that's going on, the Book of Shadows flips and uh, the page says, Rite of Passage. Fight it with the power of one or else. Phoebe is the first to notice this as she is saying, oh, the book's doing that whole flippy thing again. And so the other sisters rush in and uh, they read the passage. And Phoebe can't finish reading it before a demon opens a portal in the attic and draws the book to him. And Piper thinks that the power of one in the passage refers to Prue since she has the strongest power. Then uh, downstairs, the doorbell rings and Jenny Gordon steps in. So this is a new character. This is a little girl who just rushes into the house and she wants to use the phone and is trying to reach her parents. Then following is a man named Dan Gordon, her uncle, steps in right behind her. Uh, 
The two are not talking, but he persuades Jenny to leave. So we see Dan Gordon, who is played by Greg Vaughn. He is actually a soap star. He was on Young and the Restless, and he was also on Beverly Hills 90210. That explains his hair. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> but the sisters are just like, whoa. They just love, like, all three of them all at once. What did you think of our two new characters? I like them. I think they're interesting. I noticed them in the credits. So right when they showed them on screen, I'm like, you're something interesting. (laughs) (laughs) The whole thing with Jenny, she was brought in to bring in a younger audience Mm -hmm. because there were no kids. You know, the witches are all grown women. You know, there's nobody in high school or anything. So this was their way of trying to bring in a younger crowd. Is she their little sister that just appeared out of nowhere? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is the wrong show. Oh, I thought we were talking about Buffy. <laughs> oh, God. I know, right? Same thing. So the first thing I noticed that was funny to me is the way Dan says Jenny. He <laughs> reminded me of Forrest Gump. Oh, God. Jenny. <laughs> no, uh, I think Dan is very, very handsome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he lives next door to them and... Uh, apparently Jenny needed to call Saudi Arabia right? for the parents. And Prue was like, Saudi Arabia? Come on now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she couldn't get through, and then they both left. Do you have any nieces or nephews? I don't, but I have cousins who are like nieces and nephews to me because they're my cousin's kids. Okay. And they all freaking love me, except for the oldest. Ugh, I hate her. She'll, she'll tell me straight up, I like Chris better than you. <laughs> Jesus, how old is she? I think she's 17 now or 16. Oh my God. I think she's half kidding, but not. <laughs> but yeah, they they um like to hang out with us. Like we took her to um a TV taping once of, what's it called? The one with uh, the kids that come on and do things. The kids that come on and do things. I know that show. Harvey, what's his name? No. No? No. Steve Harvey. Oh, the kids say the darnest things, or or I I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we took her to that, and then we took her Pokemon hunting in Santa Monica. Very cool. So we have a good relationship with okay. my cousin's kids. Very good. I do, I, I too have nieces and nephews, um, but I don't get to see them that often. Unfortunately, they live in a different state, but mine have grown. They're all at least 18. Yeah, yeah, it's been quite a bit, but I do kind of keep in touch with, well, not keep in touch, but I kind of follow some of them on Facebook. One of them has a kid already, so (laughs) uh, I definitely was the popular uncle uh, growing up with them. I would take them, so my nephew, I took him to his first two Pokemon movies. Nice. So I was working at the theater at the time, so obviously it was free, but they would come to work with me, and then I would just put them in a theater and they would just watch Pokemon um, and some other, you know, movies. But I would always have them over watching games. I made them watch Puppet Master, the whole series. <laughs> oh, yes, wow. I did. I made them watch some cheesy little horror movies. I couldn't help it. But, yeah, I had them over. We played games. And, yeah, it was a great time with them. They're my brother's kids. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we go to the demon who's chanting over the book. And I swear to dog, Rob, at one point he said Shirley Temple. I think he was just thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's chanting over the book. And then Phoebe and Piper go to the Equinox celebration. 
and about a dozen other young women have gathered around a stone altar. The others all disrobe, but while Phoebe is enthusiastic, Piper isn't so excited. She's okay, so we are literally who we said we were in season one because you will totally get naked. Yep. I am like, no, this is illegal. I'm not doing this in California. Like, I don't want to kind of keep my shoes on. <laughs> right? Like, I, I'm not about it. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be like, Phoebe, the clothes would be off before they even invite me. <laughs> sir, <laughs> this isn't the naked area, sir. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so Phoebe hears Graham saying, the power of three. But Piper does not hear it. It kind of reminds me of from Elvira. The way her aunt would always talk to her. Yeah. Elvira. Yeah. No, same thing. Ghostly people have to talk in this serenade, like, slow, you know. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, too, because they never just say, like, I'm here to warn you. No, they're just going to no, keep saying. It's all cryptic. It's all cryptic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> so Piper drives up to the club and finds Rob already there. What were you doing there? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> It just made me think of <laughs> so cheesy. <laughs> Rob says that running a club is risky, but Piper convinces him to grant the loan. Meanwhile, the demon chants over the book, and Jeremy Burns re- reappears, and he looked exactly like he did in that I was first gonna, episode. I was gonna be like, should we call shenanigans? Was his scars in the right place? <laughs> did they do the makeup check. exactly right? Because I know they didn't film this, like. Right after he died. So <laughs> I'm sure they had like a picture and then they just mimic what they saw in the yeah. photo. And then Graham says the power of three to Piper just as Jeremy blinks into the club and knocks Rob to the ground. Of course, she couldn't be like, bitch, watch out. Jeremy's behind you. She had to be like the power of three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Piper freezes him and conference calls Prue and Phoebe. But Jeremy unfreezes and Piper can't freeze him again despite several attempts. By way of speakerphone, they say the spell to vanish or vanquish Jeremy. <laughs> okay, so at this point, you got the demon who is just reading the book. Spells are disappearing, and all of a sudden, we're getting a clip show already in season yeah. two, <laughs> right? So we see Jeremy again. Like, what are you thinking at this point? Like, as far as the plot goes, I actually think that's a good idea for a start of a season because it rewards those who watched first season Mm -hmm. you know it's a little treat to get to see the characters again yeah but it also reminds too so you know technically this has been a year since that episode aired with jeremy Mm -hmm. so you get a refresher of oh yeah jeremy yeah you get right back into the feeling of it oh jeremy jeremy huh (laughs) Um, so while they were at the stone altar, we meet the leader of this witch group. Uh, her name's Stevie, blonde hair, big smile. Um, I'm watching this and I'm like, she is so familiar. Where is she from? I know I know her. And then as I'm listening to her talk about how the equinox is the strongest, powerful time and all this good stuff. I just get this jolt of memory and I had to look her up and I was like, I think I know who she is. And so Sean didn't recognize her at first. And you still haven't told me who she is. Yes, <laughs> I know. So so she is played by Amanda Weiss. And I looked her up and my theory was correct. This is Tina from A Nightmare on Elm Street, the first victim. Oh, Nancy's buddy. Yes. 
I it took me a second because obviously she's aged a little bit, but I was like, I know that face, and I was like, oh now. my god, it's Tina. <laughs> I was so happy that I was right. And I just love that she's in this. Mm-hmm. That's I, random, too. It she is, just showed up. It is so random. So, yeah, that was Tina. I love that. Um, have you ever met a witch before? I used to live with a witch. Live with a witch. Why are we just now hearing this in season two? <laughs> are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> I wanted to save it for bigger and better. The whole time we've been talking about witches and you now tell me you've lived with one. So, I used to work with this guy named Gerald. He's older but um i need a place to stay so i moved to long beach with gerald and he is wiccan so around his house he has lots of weird items like he has um i I guess you'd call it a statue but like thorns okay and like in one of the thorns is holding a sword there's like a chalice up there and he has little items around his house like little protection items it's cool Okay, very cool. I'm very open to everybody's beliefs, so I always just end up asking lots of questions. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And my sister calls him the gay witch. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Now, do you know if he was the type that, like, cast spells or anything or did any kind of chants or charms or... He has a backyard with, um, I guess, not an urn, but, like, a big disc thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So he's done some spells in there, I know. He also described to me something that's really helped myself, but he was like, normally when people see things from the spirit world, they don't actually see it with their eyes. You see it more with your mind. Okay. So he's like, I had a friend who seemed kind of down and out of the side of my eye, I saw a huge clown on his back. So I asked him what was wrong and he went into this whole story about how he was depressed and da, 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 and the clown was a symbol of that depression. Oh, so I okay. thought that was really interesting. Very okay, very good. Uh, we also see a scene of Prue who is still dealing with Andy's death. She's at work talking with one of her clients who is selling her late husband's things, and she talks about the fact that he died in a car accident, and she sort of puts a little bit of the blame on herself because. Should I have said something or done anything to make sure he didn't get into the car and then he'd still be with us? And then Prue is channeling that as if, is there anything she could have done? She's clearly on this crusade to just blame herself. Like, what do you think about, like, Prue's sort of grieving period right now? Just her dealing with the fact that she feels solely responsible, even though there's three of them. (laughs) Well, that makes sense, because when you're depressed, I don't think you always think clearly. And so I think from her standpoint, she feels responsible because she's the one who kept a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. When she probably feels like she should have pushed him away to protect him, she wanted to try to hold on to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's really tough for somebody when you're dealing with death, especially somebody super close. I mean, I never experienced something like that in her particular situation. But yeah, I think it is very easy to just say I could have done something mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm to blame at this. But I mean, I, I can only imagine what it's like to feel that way and then not even talk about it. Right. Cause she didn't talk to anybody. Um, well, and how can she, you know, it all was done through magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the idea of Piper finally quitting her job at Quake and doing something of her own because of that high, 
you know, that high school rival came and reminded her that she hasn't been going after her dreams. She decides to open up a club. What do you think about the idea of this club? She's a chef. She thought she was going to do a restaurant. All of a sudden, it's a club now. Yeah, that was random. She's never talked about a club. What do you think about this idea of a club? Mm, I agree with Rob. That's the name, yeah, right? Rob is okay. the lone officer. I agree with Rob. A club is risky. Like, I don't know. Has she ever done anything like that before? Absolutely not. Okay. But, I mean, she managed the restaurant, so, I mean, she knows how to play boss. Yeah. But a club is a totally different thing. So, yeah. Okay. Well, it makes for interesting writing because, you know, just coming into it, I'm questioning, can she do it? If she was just opening a restaurant, it'd be like, oh, oh she knows how to do that. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Do you call shenanigans being able to vanquish Jeremy with the power of three over speakerphone? I don't. And the reason why is because when they're saying the power of three, they're summoning energy. And I think if they're channeling that energy to help Prue, then it makes sense that energy would focus around her. And was it Prue? No, was it, Piper? it was Piper. It was, was Piper. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already getting It's episode <laughs> one and I'm already getting them wrong. <laughs> but yeah, it's energy that's being summoned. So I could see the energy. The the words is just a conduit to the energy. Okay, fair enough. Um, and, and I would agree. I mean, they touched a little bit on this on Witches of Eastwick how all they had to do was think about it at the same time. Craft does it too. So it is some sort of energy. It doesn't have to be a spoken word. And even so, you may not all be together. It mm -hmm. still draws. So I, I agree. If baby Phoebe can help them with the magic from the womb. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> uh, all right. So Rob is in a gurney after said attack. Um, being uh, uh, ready to go to the hospital and suggest the crime level in the area could jeopardize the loan. And so Prue comes to check on Piper and Piper tells her how she heard Grams in the background. Let me just say that when Rob was in the gurney and he was being taken <laughs> away, he just turned uber gay when he was angry. He was like, I don't know, Piper. This place sounds super dangerous. You really couldn't see somebody behind you you really didn't catch the guy. You didn't see the dude who hit me. I was just like, <laughs> you know, what's funny is from the first season or scene he was in, I was almost like, this guy seems kind of gay for some reason. <laughs> and then that happened. I was like, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. He just, he was just a little bit snippy in yeah. a very, yeah. I just, I just thought that was funny. Piper would be the type of girl to fall for a gay guy. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's this show's grace. <laughs> like all she does is just talk to gay dudes. <laughs> Um, okay, so Phoebe hears Kit meowing outside and finds that Ginny's holding her, a.k.a. kidnapping, and Phoebe starts to talk to Ginny, and Phoebe, for the first time, notices the triquetra on Kit's collar, and uh, Phoebe leaves as Piper is driving up, and I think what their conversation was about, oh, Dan's my uncle, and he doesn't know about the whole... I'm having my period thing, so I don't have anybody to talk to. And Phoebe's like, okay, yeah, I'll help you. And then she's like, nope, I gotta go. <laughs> Bye. And she's like, fine then. And then she's like, look, I'm not your daddy. I'm not your mommy. I'm not your uncle. Dan's here. Ask him. Your parents trust them. He will come through. 
And so she has this big smile on her face and she's like, yeah, okay, cool. So then as Phoebe is talking to Piper with Kit in her arms and shows the Triquetra to Piper, she thinks this is some kind of symbol of the power of three and she's just noticing it for the first time. The two consult the spirit board, which is the only other item that they have with the same symbol on it since the book is gone. As they're using the spirit board, Graham says once again the power of three. This time, Piper hears it, and the spirit board spells out Abraxas. Uh, Phoebe finds Abraxas in one of several occult books she has bought. He is a demon of the astral plane that demonizes the power of good witches by destroying their source of power, which in this case is the Book of Shadows. So interesting fact, Rob. Abraxas is a real god. I just looked him up. Thank you, because <laughs> I was no, I was really curious if that was a thing because I've heard that name before. Okay. Um, it says here he's almost like the forgotten god. He's supposed to be very powerful, and some call him more powerful than Lucifer. Oh wow! But people just don't remember him. Okay. But he has been in a Dark Siders game. He's been in a novel called Eleven Eyes. He's been in Charmed Season 2, Episode Witch Trial. <laughs> and he's also been in Supernatural. Oh, maybe that's where I've heard him. But he was in Season 14. I think that's the latest season. Oh, okay. Then I haven't. Okay. <laughs> okay. I swear I've heard that name before. Maybe it's just Charmed and I'm channeling a deja vu or something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just realized, Rob, I had a missed opportunity last week. You told me I could ask you anything. I should have asked you about this damn cat. <laughs> Kit the cat. You what what do you want it what was When it? do we find out what's up with Kit the cat? You think there's something with Kit the cat? Do we never find out anything more? He's just an awesome cat that's always helping. I I don't know. All right. I have no idea. Oh, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think of that. It's Rose McGowan. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing, but yeah, I'm not saying anything. Abraxas chants over another page of the book, and the Woogie Man appears in the manor. The two sisters scramble to remember the spell to vanquish the Woogie Man. Piper remembers that the spell to vanquish Jeremy was in the back of the book, and that for the Woogie Man before it. Abraxas is reading the book backwards. Phoebe has a premonition of Nicholas killing Prue. Prue is talking to a customer when Nicholas appears in the hall. Prue escapes into her office, but Nicholas follows her in before she can close the door. He uses his ring to heat Prue up from within. Prue, with difficulty, speaks a spell, and Nicholas is vanquished just as Prue falls over unconscious. So, a few things about this. I love the fact that Phoebe can remember the spell when it was only her who was able to do it in the last one. Yeah. Uh, anyways, her and her memory, man, just keeps going back and forth every single time. But also, you notice that Nicholas was played by a different actor. Yeah, because I was like, who the hell's that? Yeah, I don't remember Nicholas. <laughs> yeah, so Nicholas was played by Rick Cromer. Uh, there was one other thing that I had thought of on here, too. And oh, so obviously you're noticing that the book is being re read backwards. But Abraxas, when he is chanting, those are actually the spells being read literally backwards. Oh, Shirley Temple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, everything he's saying is each word just read backwards. Okay. Yeah. 
So I don't know if I think they cover that in the episode too, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was kind of a cool way to bring a demon in. So Piper and Phoebe visit Peru in the hospital. Uh, Phoebe believes that the book is still in the attic, but within the astral plane, seeing that the Book of Shadows cannot leave the house without in the hands of the sisters. So she believes it's still in the house. We just can't see it. She also realizes that if Abraxas reaches the start of the book, they will lose their powers because the spell that gave them their powers is at the beginning. Why don't you just read it first, Abraxas? Why do you have to be Dr. Evil and have to just go through this slow death and give them chances to escape? Like, I don't understand. Just read the first freaking spell. Get this show over with. Just shoot him, Dad. <laughs> I have a gun in my room. You give me five minutes, I'll go get it. Blam, blow their brains out. Scott, you just you don't, just don't get, get, it. get it, do you? <laughs> uh, uh, where am I? Oh my God, you made me lose my place. <laughs> okay, so Prue feels very responsible for Andy's death and wants to stop being a witch. And um, Rob's assistant tells Prue, or Piper, excuse me, over the phone, that the loan has been denied. She obviously lost it because he got hurt and she's he's not loaning that much money to a risk like he, that. He was like, you know what? I've realized that I've been suppressing my gay side. So having sex with you isn't so great to me anymore. <laughs> so from this point on, Prue was like, I don't want to be a witch anymore. I already lost somebody. Um, would you stop being a witch? Have you ever tried not being a witch? Right. <laughs> um, I personally wouldn't. That's what sets them apart. And they use their powers for good. So I think I'd feel guilty giving up powers that I'm helping people with. Yeah. It's... And and this would be a really interesting story or question for like a cop or a fireman or or a detective or something. It's like, how do you retire? How do you take even a day off? Like, there's danger all around you. Like, when do you say no? That's somebody else's job. Like, they're aware the demons are in the world. How do they just go back to normal lives knowing that demons are out and they could kill anything? Like, it's it's just funny how you can just stop. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I wouldn't stop. Um, Prue goes to Daryl and wants to know how much Andy has told him about who the Hollowells really are. Daryl says only that he knows that they were connected somehow to the unsolved cases and that they somehow helped stop killers. He also tells her that Andy told him to tell her that if anything happened to him, it would not be her fault. And she's like, too late. <laughs> I already think it's my fault. But he also gives her some shit about not coming to visit. Like, I haven't seen you since. I kept your secret and lied for you. So this is one thing that I didn't get. Because remember, I was like, uh, how do they explain this death in her house? Mm -hmm. And apparently Daryl had some kind of spin on the story. We don't get to learn exactly what was said. But he did all that and she never went to go visit him. Yay or nay? Like, is that bad, wrong? It's bad. That's bad. That's rude, Prue. It is a little rude, Prue. I think it's a little rude, but, you know, Daryl's like, I lost him too, chick. Mm -hmm. Like, I could use some love. You can support, like, talk to me. Would you tell Daryl? Tell him. About witches? No. Still not his time. 
but I'm going to ship Andy and Daryl now because I just thought of them like getting them on. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I don't think I'm ready to tell Daryl yet either, and I think it's too soon. I don't think he's ready to deal with that kind of stuff right now, especially with this just happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan also comes over throughout um, these few scenes, and he drops off a bottle of wine to Phoebe, who answers the door. Uh, they have a little bit of flirtation going on, a little bit. I don't know if you noticed it. I noticed I it. I noticed it. Okay, but it's a thank you for opening up uh, Jenny to have her talk to Jenny <laughs> to Dan about the things that she needs. Uh, do you have a problem talking about that sort of subject? I don't. I'm comfortable with it. I think it's funny, though, that Dan wouldn't just take Jenny to the store with him and be like, all right, go get your tampons. That is true. I, I don't know if it's like something embarrassing to do with him, which would kind of be like, uh, I don't know if I'm so. But yeah, I mean, to do it right, you would think to bring her. Mm-hmm. I don't think she really knows. I think she knows she needs them. But she doesn't know what kind. That makes sense. But uh, yeah, so they have a little furry thing going on. Do you ship them? Yes. You do. I support this. You just why? Because Dan's a good-looking guy, and, and he you seems just like a cool dude. Okay. The sisters go to the attic, and Piper draws a large triquetra on the wall. I'm going to practice that word. <laughs> Prue arrives from the station. The sisters plan to open a portal in the astral plane. Then Prue will knock Abraxas away from the book while Piper and Phoebe grab it. Piper and Phoebe aren't sure Prue's up to it, but Prue reassures them by moving a chair. The sisters open a portal in the triquetra. <laughs> Prue freezes up and cannot knock Abraxas away from the book. Abraxas flings them across the room. And that was a dramatic fling. Yeah, it was. And like you said, that was a big old attic. This attic is a full one-bedroom loft. Like, I've never... Like, I think this was, like, the first time I noticed that when Piper goes to kind of, like... This was, like, towards the end, but she's, like, wiping off the chalk. And you see her literally walk down this hallway (laughs) to the edge of the attic. And then when they were even, like, flung away from Abraxas, like, they slide down this long hallway to the end of the window. Like, how big is this attic? That's a full condo up there. And it's a nice attic, (laughs) It is a nice one. Uh, Phoebe and Piper scold Prue, and she breaks down and cries over Andy. She blames herself for his death. The other sisters tell Prue that Andy had chosen to walk into the manor, and as the sisters embrace, Grams whispers again. Only this time, all three sisters hear, and they determine that the power of one is the three of them working as one. So, what did you think about Prue freezing up like that? Is it understandable? Um, I don't know exactly using her powers what it would do. I guess if she uses it, people will die. I don't know. What do you think about her freezing up? Um, I actually, I do like it. I think it's good that she's reacting to Andy's death, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of shows, just new season, like new problems, and they don't revisit what has happened. But it hasn't been that long since Andy, and she's she's going through it. Yeah. He was holding a secret for her, and he died because of it. That's big. Yeah. No, I hear you. The three sisters return to the stone altar at sunrise and chant the spell that invokes the power of three just as Abraxas is reading the same spell backwards. The book pops out of a portal onto an altar. 
and the sisters continue to chant, and a portal appears, revealing Abraxas. And Abraxas is drawn into the altar and disappears into a large, glowing quietretra. He was like, why'd you bring me here? He just sounded like this old hag. Yeah. Just, <laughs> how dare you? I'd have clawed them bitches like while I was up above them. He had them long fingernails. He could have easily just went just scratched him. And he had those big old horns too. Right? But no, he was just like, why'd you bring why'd me you here? you bring me here? Yeah. Um, the Rite of Passage page reads in full. Uh, fight it with the power of one or else. A more powerful evil that awaits will destroy you. And so um, this basically is a reminder that Phoebe loves being a witch. And it also reminded Prue that she also enjoys being a witch as well and wouldn't want that taken away at the moment. Uh, what did you think of the special effects when they were <laughs> channeling the Quietretra and it was silly, but not as silly as I think when Jeremy died. Jeremy's was the funniest death to me. He basically <laughs> looked like the Death Star. <laughs> so we find out the big mystery of season one. What is up with the book flipping on its own? Turns out it was controlled by Grams the whole time. As she appears in spirit form for the very first time and reveals that dead people can visit them. She's Obi-Wan. Yeah, exactly. What did you think about that revelation? I thought it was interesting, and it's cool that we get a reason for the book flipping. That mm -hmm. explains why. There's that one that you asked me about when the book wanted um, uh, Prue to tell Andy the, the truth. The truth, book, yeah. And that one was very like different for the book, mm -hmm. and that explains why, because Grams wanted Prue to be righteous. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and... Uh, the sisters also decide that they are going to go into business with Piper by loaning her the money that she needs. So now all three of them are in business together. What I want to know is where Phoebe got her share. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. Um, yeah. Now, I'm sure there's some stock or something that she has. But, but yeah, they decided to go into business together. Would you go into business with your sibling? I would. I think my sister and I would not get caught up in like the nitty gritty if anything were to happen. Mm -hmm. We've always been close, so I think we'd keep it professional and fair. That's cool. If I went into business with anybody from my family, I would just be a CFO. Like mm. just the financial part. I don't want to deal with any of the business aspect. Maybe the board of directors, depending on the product, but yeah, I don't want to be involved in the business. I would just put up the money, I own a share. Don't go out of business. That's it. That's all I want to know. <laughs> uh, so which trials season one or season one, season two, episode one. What'd you think? How was it for the premiere? You've waited an entire summer, an entire summer, three months, three months for this episode. What do we think? I think it's really good for the reason I said earlier about kind of giving a um, reminder of what season one was. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, like the fact that we have Daryl now stepping in as Andy, I think that's interesting because okay. Daryl's so close off to the idea of witches. But also, I think in season one, one thing that was getting kind of tiring was the whole like work dynamic, like seeing Prue and her job, like it was starting to get stale. So okay. the fact that they're opening a restaurant together or the club. business together, yeah. the club, mm -hmm. I think that gives 
a plausible excuse for, well, they know why they can't be there sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just see this as setting up a much more exciting season two. Okay, very good. Uh, One thing that I did notice with this episode, um, I'm going to say something a little negative. Um, Even though the whole point of the episode was not that these villains were coming back, it still seemed a little too easy the way that they were vanquished. It just seemed, it wasn't even for shock value. It was just like, oh, look at this. And then they kind of did their thing and then moved on, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Not to say that there weren't any stakes, but I wasn't afraid of anything bad happening to them. And it just seemed, I don't know, it was a little comedic in a way. I mean, I wasn't laughing, but it was just like, in season one, they would have made this a little bit more terrifying of them coming back, and this one just seemed like, oh, look, look, you know. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just a little bit too easy for them, I think, in this one, my opinion. But, yeah, that's my only gripe. Okay. Um, a few notes that I found about this episode. So, if you notice, when Prue moved the chair, she used her eyes. Oh. And not her hands. So, she can still use her hands. But this is the first time that she's done it with her eyes since that um, when bad warlocks go good. Uh, the episode did score a 5.1 million, so I think this is up, or maybe probably still the same since last season, but pretty standard for them. Um, the opening credits have changed, and we have some new you know, um, cast members, new clips uh, for the other characters. You know, Andy is no longer featured um, due to his departure. The majority of this episode supposedly takes place on September 23rd, 1999. As Phoebe mentions, it's the day of their equinox. So that equinox of that year was on September 23rd, which means the sisters got their power on September 23rd, 1998. Wow. Um, The nightclub that Piper tries to buy is offered by SWA Properties. Does that name sound familiar at all? No. Um, as it shouldn't, because it was very brief, but it is the same real estate firm that Phoebe briefly worked at. Mm-hmm. Remember when she showed the house and then she got caught by the demon of fear? And the she, boss that was cheating, right? No, no, no. That no, was a different that job. Okay. That was a different job. No, she worked for as a receptionist for, oh, maybe it was the same. I think it was the same. But she agreed to go show a house to someone. It was SWA Properties. Okay. Uh, so, you know, they're in continuity. Uh, and then the, you know, yeah, you mentioned this before, Tremobraxis, um, from ancient Greek um, mysticism is uh, probably of Arabic origin, and uh, it's it's more familiar in modern witch lore. So, yeah, those are my notes that I gathered from season, or season two, episode one. So, I don't know if you know this, but is there... A reason why Andy was written out? Like, did, did the actor leave the show, or was that planned to write it I really should have looked that up, and you know what? I will come up with an answer next week. It'll okay. give people a chance to, <laughs> a reason to come back. Um, if there is a reason out there, hopefully I can find it, because while I was watching the episode, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was wondering if he just left because of whatever. But, um, Sean, it's time again. We get to hear the song? <laughs> <laughs> it's time for a hot man meter. It's raining man. Sean, this is this is how every episode episode should be. We have a huge 
contestant list. We do. For episode one. So we're already off to a interesting start. So we'll start from the top. Let's see. We've got Greg Cromer as Rob. Now, this was the man who uh, is the loan officer. Blonde, curly hair, handsome face. What do we think? Would you want him on your top ten list? I'm going to keep him. You're going to keep him. Okay. And Especially because he's a little gay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am actually going to keep him as well. I thought he was cute. Now, we get to our other leading man, Greg Vaughn as Dan Gordon. Does Dan Gordon meet your top 10 list, or is he just too clone for you? Nope, he's on my list. All right, now is he above or below Mr. Rob? Above Mr. Rob. Above Mr. Rob, okay. And I'm going to do the same. Wow. (laughs) Dan is hot. He's pretty hot. He's going to, I don't know, maybe this might be our Pastor Williams. No, I already have somebody else. Oh, oh my God, somebody (laughs) already beat Dan. Yep. Oh, wow, okay, okay. So next we have Matt Enrican. He was the assistant who had a very, very brief, very brief two-line part of um, working at Prue's office, letting him her know that her client is waiting in her office. This is the assistant. <laughs> Does he make your top ten? From the moment I saw the assistant, Rob, I knew I would give up my virginity to him. <laughs> So he's number one on my list. (laughs) He was cuter. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. He also goes on my list, but he is not number one. Next, we have Rick Kramer as Nicholas, our new Nicholas. Does he make your top ten? Tall, very Russian-like. He looks like... (laughs) Like... How to describe what he looks like? You just did like a non-verbal thing for me. I know, <laughs> but no, he doesn't make it. Nicholas does not make mine either. Yeah, it was. I don't know. There's just some. I love the height. He's tall. I like that, but didn't didn't really grab me. No. Yeah. All right. Then we have our doctor who was uh, caring for Prue after she got heated from the inside, played by Jesse Goins as the doctor. Our um, first African-American contestant. Of course, you have to throw that in. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. No, it's okay. And I would not give up my virginity to him. (laughs) He is not on my top 10 list either. Uh, Then we have our last contestant, Jeremy, played by Eric Scott Woods (gasps) once again. Does Jeremy go back on your list? No, but you skipped one. Who did I skip? Daryl. Oh, well, I was going to do. Oh, did I say he was last? Yeah. Oh, I did? Jeremy was last. Oh, okay. Well, then Daryl's last. All right. Does Jeremy make your list? No. Okay. Jeremy doesn't make mine either because he was only in demon form. Even non-demon form, he, he, yeah, he was okay. He's just okay. He's okay. Okay. Well, Daryl is back. He still has the bald head. Still has the goatee. Hasn't changed too much, but does he make your list again? He does. He does. All right. Where are we putting Daryl? He goes just one above Rob. So that puts him at number three. Yes. Okay. And Daryl does make my list again, and he goes right under Dan. He's still my number two. All right, Charmies. So there you have it. We have four men already on our top ten list from episode one. 
remember, we want you guys to play along with us. Keep track of all of these characters and make your own lists. By the end of the season, I'm going to collect all of your uh, lists and make one big hot man meter for all Charmies. We have uh, Dan Gordon, Daryl Morris. We have Rob, the loan officer. Prue's assistant. We also have uh, the doctor. And we have Nicholas. And we also have Jeremy Burns again. I'll post something on Twitter as well as Instagram just to remind everyone to make sure to keep track so it's easier to keep along each week. And yeah, I think we're off to a good start. We are. Yes, we are. I feel good about season two. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of, next episode is Morality Bites. What do you think this is about based on the title? Well, it's a playoff Reality Bites. I get that. Okay. Morality Bites. I have a feeling they're going to have to, they're going to want to, like, kill a really bad witch, but they know they can't because they're Okay, uh, let me just say that this episode is pretty heavy, okay. and for a second episode, they're going they're going all out right in the you're not all out in the beginning, but like they're going pretty strong. So I think you'll like this episode, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty dark. So uh, I can't wait, can't wait for you to watch it. And that is going to be the end of our episode. I hope you guys listening enjoyed. If you love our show, remember to rate us and review on your podcast that you are listening us on, especially on iTunes where we get more visibility during uh, people who do uh, searches for our podcast will show up a little bit more with each rate and review. I also want to let anyone know if you have any opinions, good or bad, about episode one of season two, uh, DM us on Twitter, BWTH Podcast. You can also Instagram us um, at Brunch with the Hollowells. We also have an email address, BWTHpod at gmail.com. We'd love to get your opinions about the episode or anything that we've said on the show, should you agree or disagree. And uh, we will read uh, some of your thoughts on, on next week's episode, should you guys ever want to share any of your opinions. Uh, thank you so much, Sean. Anything else? Are we good? You excited for season two? I'm excited. Let's keep the momentum going. <laughs> okay. We will see you next Sunday during brunch, and have a good rest of your day. <laughs>